welcome back to another episode of Men of the Machine. I have made a habit of just starting recording when I feel like it, and it's a lot of fun. I'm going to keep doing it, so suck it deep. Uh, as always, I'm Kevin. I'm Pat. He's a very unsus- unsuspecting Pat, and today we are going to talk about, I'm getting my little handy-dandy notebook here, uh, our favorite villains, right? I got that right. No, that's not what we were doing at all. What are we doing today? We were doing action films, as far as I knew. Oh man, I prepared. See, this is a this is a miscommunication. I did top villains. Oh, now we're gonna have to pull. Oh, no, that's. Jesus. I literally, <laughs> I Don't literally you... will show you the fucking text that I sent you earlier. Don't you worry <laughs> about it, because if I just click a little, oh, this that's what happened. Hold on, hold on. That's mm-hmm. what had happened was. Me and Jeff are doing top villains, and I did that one. But what's this? Top action movies list, yo. I came prepared. I mean, not prepared in mentally, but physically, like in the past. I took steps ahead of this. All right, so we are going to do not top villains. Although, no, no, none of my favorite villains are in these movies. But still, top action movies, uh, which I took a slight creative license on action movies i think i said that on the end of the podcast last time or did i say that in our own personal thing you told Uh, to me personally either way yeah i don't remember (laughs) either way all i have to oh no i don't have a pen all right oh i have a pencil suck it all right all i have to do is number these you also have a phone oh well yeah but i mean i've already wrote them down so i'm just numbering them really quick one two patrick What'd you do today? Today was your day off? Okay, Jesus Christ. I don't know if you, what? Jesus Christ, your fucking connection is hella slow. Um, <laughs> but, um, well, I, for one thing, finally cashed in on my... Wait, hold on. Did you just say hella slow? You know... Saying hella yes. is not a is not an acceptable adjective in that scenario. That's like, that... that ooh, you're wearing your birthday shirt. I like that. Yes. Yeah, Justin told me that it's what. So what is that? So it's a shirt that it shows Batman, and right above the old what? That's like the nineteen sixties Batman, right? Yes, it's basically well, a mashup of Batman logo. with Negan. Yeah, yeah, and it's got the it's got the old Batman logo with like the bat wings above the word Batman, but then right in front it's got Negan with his you know bat ergo Batman. Yeah, it's clever. It's it's witty. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> was he told me like on my birthday that he like got me something but it hadn't come in yet. I'm like, all right, and I was just like, so I don't know where it is. So I'm just like, whatever. And then like uh, the other day, he just like, it's like you find the game and gave it to me. I'm like, I fucking love this. It's a, it's a mashup of two of my favorite things ever. So yes, rock on. That's probably legit. I'm uh, I'm all set. I know that took an extra minute. Probably couldn't have started recording right away. But guess what? It's kind of the spontaneity that I like. Like, this is us in real life. We're not doing some show. We're just having a conversation. A very sexy conversation. Uh, I'm totally ready to go. So let's... We, we, I've if been we ready. Just spending, just... If we were just spending an hour on this, I'd say we could draw it out real good. But we got segments to this show, people. We've got who's who, who would win a fight in the science ending. So let's just jump right in, Patrick. You start... You did 10, right? Yes. Yeah. You start with your number 10. Hit me with it. Okay, for the record, uh, I I didn't actually number them just because I'm like I put them in an order that like I was comfortable with at the time, but like I'm going to run through them in that order. But like 
there is no specific order per se because it changes based on the day. Not even and number my, one. Like, num- yeah, even not even number one. Um, oh, Saucy. But yeah, like the the uh, the the tenth one is actually a tie because I couldn't decide between the two of them, so I was like, fuck it. Uh, between Predator and RoboCop, both of which I that saw at a very young age. Original RoboCop which, and original Predators, right? Well, technically, there's only there's never been a remake of Predator. There's only been like sequels. Um, but they but yeah, called it the Predator. They just cut the S off or added an S or whatever, and was like, "It's new." Well, yeah, because it was bas- okay. Because I, I, it's basically um, the whole thing of Predators was basically um, Robert Rodriguez trying to do because he'd written a script like years and years and years before um, for a Predator sequel, and like basically it was the whole point was to be in the vein of Aliens. Where you had Alien, and then the second movie you have Aliens. Where basically it's like you have more than one, and so like his whole thing was basically it's like to do the Predator movie. It's like a bunch of Predators versus a bunch of humans, and the humans are horrible. So it's like the the title has a double meaning of like uh, who are the real Predators in the scenario? Oh, like sex Predators. And that's not at all what it meant. Like no. child <laughs> Predators. That's not at all. That's not even close. No, like, that's not like animal kingdom predators like the people who do trophy hunting type predators well that's there that's closest so far but they're just soldiers like money hungry predators like donald trump predators no that that is as a sexual predator so maybe that's the most accurate one that's two types of predators (laughs) but yeah but the original predator and uh the okay because there's also another i guess i'll have to say it again like when it comes up but um, in all cases, I mean the original, not the remake. So, um, but yeah, the original Predator and the original RoboCop, both of which I saw at a very young age and made a colossal impression on the young me, where it's like, to this day, like I can do both of the themes just at will. Anybody that gets it, it's like, hey, with the RoboCop theme, and I can just do it just humming and whatever. And like, I can do dialogue from both movies. Like, it's stuff that I saw when I was five years old that stuck with me my entire life. So it's like, so, I couldn't pick one over the, over the other because I love them both so much. So, yeah. I've, I haven't seen Robocop all the way through in since, because my mom really liked it. I, since I was, I don't know, less than 10 years old, probably like eight or nine. And, but Predator, I absolutely love. Which future reference? If a one of if one of our movies comes up on the other one's list, just play it off like it's not, just be like, oh, that's awesome, that's really cool, and then talk about it. And then when it comes up on the list, we'll just do a smaller talk about it. So my number ten, I am going to. Re- I'm not going to redact it because I'm going to explain myself, but then I'll slide in an actual one that makes sense now. My number ten was Lord of the Rings because. I know it's not by Blah, all intents. First of all, you have to pick an actual Lord of the Rings film. You can't just say Lord of the Rings. The Twin Towers. Oh, two it's Towers. Two, two Towers, the Two Towers. Sorry, <laughs> never forget. Mm. Uh, no, I, <laughs> I, uh, my favorite is definitely the Two Towers uh, just because of the Helm's Deep scene, which is why I considered this in my list. Like that scene, the, the fight sequences, yes. the action alone was enough for me to be like, that counts. But two towers I understand that it's technically... Yeah, and I understand that they're technically like what would you call them? Fantasy adventure films or whatever, like they're some fan- bullshit. They're, they're fantasy films. Yeah, but so since that one's kind of iffy, although still I hold it. My new number ten, which 
quickly could become a top three movie if as i watch it more is is john wick we did that whole podcast about it i can't get it out of my mind i'm really excited to see number two i still haven't gone out to it because i want to see lego batman first but uh i've seen both (laughs) if you're curious on how i felt about it we we spent like an hour and a half talking about it so go back listen to that podcast it's really good and i really enjoyed it number nine oh yeah i love it totally no yeah yeah um but yeah so my number nine is like okay just to preface it like michael bay has made many films many of them Uh, are films that people can shit on and they're not necessarily wrong in doing so even though i love his work pretty much in general um but my number nine is the one that i don't feel like anybody can in the right mind shit on because it's Uh, robo or not robocop terminator 2 First of all, that's James Cameron, you incredible one. Ah, that's Second who that of all, is. That's who that is. Uh, hold so, on, let me guess. Jesus. Oh, I didn't hear it. I didn't hear it. I didn't hear it. It's The Something, Michael Bay. I know he obviously did Transformers. I know he did Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, no, he did Ninja Turtles. He produced it. He did not direct it. Oh, oh I did, there's a difference? Yes. Producing a film was basically you put up money, and you basically act as kind of a mediator between outside forces and the director so the director can make the best Uh, possible film so are all the tim burton movies i like actually tim burton movies i mean i don't think i think the only one he actually produced was like nightmare okay but he directed all the rest as far i mean i don't i can't mean he produced he didn't direct no well then okay that's settled up oh i have no idea who what movies michael bay made so (laughs) Oh, thank merciful God. Um, <laughs> it's The Rock, <laughs> starring Nicolas Cage and Sean Connery. I've heard of, Harris. never seen. I'm trying to picture it. Give me a quick synapse. It's amazing. I think it's on Netflix. Um, it at least used to be, if it isn't. Um, but basically where uh, Sean Connery is the only man who ever successfully huh. escaped from um, Alcatraz. Uh He's also in no way playing an elderly version of James Bond. In no way is he playing no, an elderly version not. of James Bond. He would have no experience in said role, so why would he try <laughs> to pull it off? Continue. Um, and uh, Ed Harris and a group of, essentially his military group, basically they become mercenaries because they all take Alcatraz and the people who are visiting there, because it's a tourist attraction, hostage. And uh, they are threatening to shoot this horrible chemical into uh, San Francisco. Oh, killing yeah, the like green, thousands. the like light green yes. stuff. Isn't that like, wasn't there a funny thing during the election where they misquoted that there was weapons used that actually came from the rock? Like they were literally saying the exact plot of the rock. I'm it's pretty possible. sure that happened. No the Secretary of Defense or some military dude was <laughs> was worried of some uh, bio-nuclear thing, and he explained the weapon, and it was literally The Rock, the plot from The Rock. So th- that's probably why I've heard of it, because I remember seeing that somewhere. But yeah, and then like Nicolas Cage, who's an expert, like a chemical expert on from the FBI. <laughs> expert at to... acting, one of the greatest of all times. This was actually right, right after he won his Oscar. Um, so the time, that was accurate. Yeah, for leaving Las Vegas. Oh, that's great. Yep, nope, that's crazy. Um, but yeah, so then he uh, ends up having to get sent there with John Mason, who is in no way James Bond. Um, back Obviously to the not. rock with 
one of the most underrated action stars ever, Michael Bean's uh, Davy Seals team, to try to take on and secure uh, Alcatraz. And wackiness ensues. And it's Doesn't spe- he, like, kill Ed Harris by, like, he's like, sets him off with a rocket or something? Or he that throws is not him off the top kills, of the building or something? That is not how he kills Ed Harris. That's how he kills somebody else in the film. Ah, okay. See, I'm not completely off. But yeah, that's like that's the one movie like because I think it's like when that came out on Criterion, everybody was like, "Well, usually Criterion doesn't do like genre like action stuff, but all right, everybody likes that movie, so I guess it's fine." And then they did Michael Bay's next film, which was Armageddon, and everybody was like, "What the fuck is this shit?" So then they never did Michael. I thought Bay people again. liked that movie. Uh, I mean, some people do. I do, but like I freely acknowledge how fucking ridiculous it is. Okay, that's, like my all that's the Bay's Bruce Willis work. movie, right? Yes. All of Michael Bay's work, it's, it works because it's fucking ridiculous. Oh, please, God, just do your number nine. You're not going to sing with me? You're not going to sing with me right now? I'm not. Stay forever. Please, God, do number nine. Please, God. Please, please Almost there, almost there. Is a moment I treasure. Give me the drums, give me the drums. Forever. Why aren't you doing the drums? And ever. I don't want to go. Okay, so my number nine is another recent film. It comes from one of my favorite, if I'm using the term correctly, he directed these movies. Guillermo del Toro, Pacific Rim. Absolutely love Pacific Rim. I, I read online a bunch of shit about it, like not being that popular, not doing this. It made enough money at the blockbuster at the box office to be obviously massively profitable. But people are shitting on this movie left and right. I loved that movie. It didn't. It, it, it didn't make enough money in America to be profitable, but it made a fuck ton of movie money elsewhere, which is why uh, they're doing a sequel. Fair enough. Well, I mean, it's like it's like. Godzilla versus Transformers, but that can't turn into machines. They're just always in their Transformers mode. What's the thing? Is like what I no, grew up. No, no, better term, better term. It's Godzilla versus Gundam. Fair enough. Um, I grew up on uh, kaiju films, like Godzilla movies and shit like that. So, like for me, it was like basically aimed at me. And like one of my my favorite from when I was a kid was uh, Godzilla versus Megalon. And in Godzilla vs. Megalon, there is uh, a robot that's normal size, but then he can blow up into, like, giant size named Jet Jaguar. I'm just going to point out, (laughs) the Jaeger Jet Jaguar. (laughs) Just saying. I'm just saying. Slightly similar, but different enough to not get sued. That's like I watched this uh, YouTube channel called Sorted Food. They just, it's like recipes, and these four guys are silly. And they have this portion of their show called chef's table which is this also a netflix thing but they don't put the apostrophe after chefs like so it's just c-h-e-f-s and literally it says chef's table parentheses no apostrophe means no lawsuit (laughs) and that's perfect (laughs) so it's kind of like that um but yeah no uh the i've like obviously it has my favorite one of my favorite actors in idris elba it's got really cool action scenes really well done cgi it's got stuff in the water it's got swords and it's got the sonic boom emp type monsters and it's got all this different suspense and it's got charlie day which it probably didn't need but he was good and i enjoyed it it's got ron perlman who has never done a bad performance in his life if you point out a movie he's done a bad performance in, i'm going to specifically not watch it just so that it stays true in my head I love I that movie. If Grimm's great. <laughs> if he but, ever had uh, a bad one, I can't remember. So that's because he doesn't. 
He's wow. We should do a favorite actors. I'm gonna write that down because he'll be one of those actors that I won't think of when making a list. It'll pop up like like now because you know Hellboy is one of my favorite movies. It's not on this list. I didn't. I put that in my superheroes list, but um, that would be one of those movies where it would be like, oh shit, that's right, Ron Perlman's amazing. But when I'm making a list of all the classic actors that I associate with regularly, he wouldn't be on there. So I'm gonna just write this down somewhere. Now you are on number eight, correct? Yes, I am. Again, this is not in like an order per se. This is the order that just I was comfortable with as I was writing it. It could be higher, and depending on the day, what? they have subject to change. These lists are subject subject to change. But yes, the next one is uh, the Christmas classic Die Hard, which it's, a, it's another John McTiernan movie. He also did Predator, um, and it is known by many as the greatest action film of all time. I don't go that far, but I definitely feel like it's up there. I don't like, go that far. It, I've never seen it, so I, I can't talk to it well. I know it's a classic. I know it's like, it's literally, if you name, despite his varied collection of work, if you say Bruce Willis, you're like, oh, Die Hard. Very first thing that pops into my head immediately is Die Hard. Or Armageddon, just because of like the whole him killing himself. It's like one of the only movies where he willingly dies. So, you know. But yeah, no, like it's it's it i when i first saw it when i was younger it didn't make that much of an impression on me but i've watched it like every christmas since i was like i can't remember how old so like my dad loves it let's just say um, seven i don't remember so sure um but yeah but like after like the myriad of repeat viewings i've had of it it is definitely it, it's not necessarily that's what i'm saying the reason i don't put it super high is because like my affection for it is more like than I mean it's I have more affection for other movies, but it's an affection. Is it a more traditional aff- affection as opposed to a more like specifically the work of art affection? Like this is so ingrained in my life at this point that it has to be there, sort of a thing. No, I actually honestly, if it was in terms of artistic, I would say it's it would be much higher on the list because I feel like it's oh. one of the best constructed and best technically, technically made action movies ever. Um. But yeah, no, just like the reason, like it's just like I, I don't have as much like pull to it as I do the the ones that follow it. But I still do love I get it. That. it, 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 it doesn't I get that. Uh, my number eight is not one that I think many people. I feel like it was a fad that faded, but it's three hundred. Th- that movie I saw it in theaters when I, I mean, it came out what when I was like. 16 yeah it came out in like 08 right or 07 probably no it definitely um, anyways, way before it was like it was 06 maybe okay so if it came out in 06 i was 15 years old which lines up yeah uh it's it it's just it, it was the first well, i mean not the first scott snyder movie but it was like the first movie that really really did the like super high contrasting colors super slow motion cgi six packs like Nonstop. All right, we're gonna see the six packs were not CGI. No, no, no. The six packs were not CGI, but the way the camera work did was specifically made to gleam off those muscles. Like it was all about making them look as buff as possible. There's like a super saucy sex scene. There's a weird little troll thing that backstabs him. There's the golden god guy who just gets his face cut up just a little bit, just enough to yeah, just (laughs) enough to give him a little bit of a turn. There's like the very very first fight scene is probably my favorite where they're all standing in a row and they murder like 
They murder like a thousand guys just by holding their shields. Stab in the face. Shield. Stab in the face. Shield. Just rinse and repeat. And they, oh, it was so good. And at, at the time, because I was younger, it obviously is like super impressed me. I was like, yeah, yeah, muscles and hot chicks getting boned in the butt. Which is maybe not in the butt, but it definitely looked like it was hitting somewhere special. And the freaking like scene where he goes up and all those mystic-y god-like ladies, the seers, the, what's it called, the... Just, just keep going, just keep going. It's yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, you got to see boobies, which was always good. And then they, they just keep murdering dudes. And then the very, very final fight scene with the turtle shell that they like break out of, and he throws it. Oh, oh, so good, so good. Never saw Rise of Three Hundred. Really scared to see it. Not probably going to ever because I'm worried of what it'll do to the the series for me. One thing, my thing with Three Hundred is it like that is a perfect example. Because uh, that in the Scott Snyder, or I'm sorry, uh, Zack Snyder's first two movies um, were Dawn of the Dead and 300. Those are by far his best films. Really, reason... those were his first two movies. Those are yes. what a way to start. <laughs> well, he'd done like other stuff before that, but he hadn't done like films yet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those were by far his best because what he's good at, is what you were saying, is like even though you weren't like, meaning to, he's really good at like big dumb popcorn entertainment like he's really good at his kind of like giving you as an audience member if you're going to a genre movie giving you what you want from a genre movie the problem is that he thinks he's an auteur which is why every movie he has done since has been differing degrees of mediocre to decent to bad like there's always been like a slight like so nothing is broken out of that yet in my mind because like he's a guy who thinks he's christopher nolan but he's actually just fucking Michael Bay. And that's he's, fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with being Michael Bay. But, like... Michael Bay he, knows who he is. He sticks in his role. He's happy with it. Exactly. He's even said, he's what like, a, I movies for teenagers. Who cares? <laughs> is Dawn of the Dead... It's like, it's kind of like that argument people make for musicians. Like, you know, One Direction and Justin Bieber. It's like, they make millions of dollars singing to a very specific demographic, and they're happy with it. Cool. Moving on. Is Dawn of the Dead the one with uh, Phil Dumphy from Modern Family? How the... F- oh, yeah, probably. I mean, I know he, I know the guy that uh he plays like the rich jackass yeah 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 i have never seen modern family in my life but i mean i'm sure he's probably the same guy it's all right i really liked it at first but it faded on me very quickly franny still likes it but okay uh what number was that number eight for me was 300 so seven for you okay um but yeah okay so this one almost three of the four movies i would easily put in this spot but like the one that i feel like is the best crystallization of all of them is the one I picked, and it's the most recent one, um, is Mad Max Fury Road. Um, Ooh, never because, seen a single Mad Max. I apologize in advance. That's the thing. Is like I saw the road. I saw them in a weird order because when I was a little kid, I saw The Road Warrior, and I really liked it. And then I saw uh, Beyond the Thunderdome, and I was a kid, so I really liked it. Um, but I didn't see the original until I was I don't remember how old, probably like nineteen. And um, when I first saw it, it was like fucking revelatory to me. Because George Miller's direction in that fucking movie is literally probably the best action direction on a tiny budget you will ever see in your life. I was going to say, that is, that is like, in, it was for a long time. I think it finally got surpassed, but it was, it did hold the record for most profitable movie of all time for, for like 30 years. It was until recently. Well, that's the thing, is like it was made on no money, but if you watch the opening scene, it's literally like George Miller being like, let me show you what I can do. Like, it is just batshit insane. However, Fury Road is the result of a guy 
who has done three other Mad Max movies. Granted, he didn't completely do uh, Thunderdome. He, like, co-directed that. Um, but, like, that was the work of a guy who had a lot of years of technical knowledge under his belt and didn't forget his roots. So it still feels like a Mad Max movie, but it also feels, like, super fresh and super new. And, like, it's one of the few, like post-apocalypse movies where the colors are amazing like all the actors know what the movies are yeah, like, it's they like, went it's just... to an absurd uh, level to not put cgi in it's like 90 percent of the stunts and the oh scenes yeah. are non-cgi like the and guitar it... guys and stuff yeah and it shows the other thing is like i don't even hate cgi but i just feel like cgi should only be used when you need it like the reason yeah. the lord of the rings films work is because most of it is physical and practical it's just a matter of like when you can't do things like the Balrog and shit, then you see or the them. trees. Yeah, but like that's the thing is Mad Max is the same situation where basically it's like he was literally this like we did these movies thirty years ago without CGI. Why do we need it now? And so he made a movie that apparently even other filmmakers who are actually really technically sound like Robert Rodriguez. I've heard the story that apparently when um the first public showing the thing was at South by Southwest. Um, Robert Rodriguez, who has made a bunch of movies uh, like Sin City, Desperado, blah, 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 um, apparently stood up at one point. It was like, how the fuck did you do that? Because, like, it's a movie that, like, people Teach were like... Teach me your ways. What I'm saying, it's, it's a movie that even people who are filmmakers have to admire it because it's just so spectacularly mm. well made, which is why I gave it that spot. Because even though the original Mad Max will always have a special place in my heart because, like, it was revelatory to me, Fury Road was like one of the few times that like something actually like lived up to my expectations and almost surpassed them. Uh, which, by the way, just so what you look at your list, if anyone or we ever talk about, I have been trying to find another song to sing from these movies, and I'm having a lot of trouble. So if you have like Titanic on there, which you don't because it's not an action movie, but I'm just using that as an example of you know exactly which song I'm gonna sing. So moving on, my number seven. A similar scenario, but obviously not sequel-based. Uh, I feel like I could have put any of this guy's work here, but I don't consider all those other movies action movies per se. So I put Kill Bill at number seven because that movie is so good, which a lot of people, like a lot of my friends, like Bill uh, Bill Ball and, and Tim Howe and them, they don't even like it as a movie, let alone put it in the Tarantino's list of like great movies because all of his movies are great. But either way, I can't, I I just, every now and again, because it was on Netflix for a while, I would just go back and, like, put it on in the background, and then whenever one of those ridiculously creative action sequences would come up, I'd be glued to the TV, like, I gotta see this. Like, the Lucy Liu fight, well, the whole scene leading up to it with the Crazy 88, but especially that end seat fight, which doesn't take long at all, is, like, my it's favorite not, action sequence end. ever. It's not the end. That's the thing we've said, and I've, I'm going to fucking put it on the fucking... No, 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 right no. not the end of Kill Bill 1, the end of that scene. There is scene. not one or two. No, There's no, there is a film. volume 1 and 2. They were released as volume 1 and 2, but I'm because not saying Because the wine it. are fucking idiots. I'm not, I'm not saying it as such. I didn't mean the end of volume 1. I just meant the end of that scene, the culmination of that story part right there. Yes, as a whole, I don't consider them two movies at all because you can't have one without the other. Usually, like, two-parters or whatever, you can just watch one and enjoy it. With this, you have to finish. Like, it's all one thing. But in general, yeah, Kill Bill, amazing. Super good. Yeah, I will always think it's hilarious. Like, it's because it really would, literally would happen. Because a lot of people were like, it's like, I don't like the sequel. There was no sequel. It was one movie that he gave to the Weinstein, and they're like, this is four hours. Like, yeah. 
He's like, they're like, we can't release this. He's like, either you can cut an hour out of it, or we can split it in half and release it in two parts. And he was like, all right, do that. So then they did, and then people will be like, it's like, oh, we don't like the second one, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, because it's not meant to be at one movie. It's the denouement of the yeah, first Yeah, and the tone changes one- entirely. Because exactly. it's one movie. It's not, it's, it has, like, yeah. a flow. That's why, like, the first time I showed it to uh, Justin and Kenny, um, because I have, I don't have it physically, which really pisses me off to this day because I still haven't released it in America yet. Um, but I have a, a copy, a downloaded of uh, the whole bloody affair, which is the uh, Japanese, where they basically they cut it into one movie. But there's no um, the cliffhanger at the end of volume one isn't there, and the recap at the end of volume or the beginning of volume two isn't there. So they just stitch them together as the one movie as it was intended. And I was like, I told them both, I'm like. We are not getting up from this spot for the next four hours. So if you have to pee, that's fine. Do it now. <laughs> but it's just, I was just like, we're watching this as one film. You'll feel it as one film. That's the only way this is going to happen. So, like, that's the thing. Is I was just like, I am still to this day. I'm just like, I feel like Quentin should shit on people more for that. But whatever. Yeah. I saw it in two parts very far apart. I saw the first one at a friend's birthday party, and I saw the second one, like, three years later. Still loved it. Got no qualms from this guy. It's my number seven. Fair enough. Uh, the next one on my list is uh, Speed. Uh, the Ooh, which is Keanu. Yeah, they came out when I was I want to say like 11, 10 or eleven years old, and like my babysitter actually tried to like because my babysitter at the time like actually tried to talk me out of watching it, but I was like, Nah, dude, it looks awesome. And then like uh, I ended up watching it. And I've watched it. I literally watch it pretty much every summer because I mean like that's probably one of the most like crystalline examples of what like popcorn summer entertainment should be. It's just, it's so fucking spectacularly well done. It's like, Jean de Bont did, or Jean de Bont did not make a lot of good movies. In fact, I would argue this is his only good movie, but... What else has he made that I've seen? Uh, Twister. Um, uh, the Haunting. Yeah, uh, he's, he's, he does not do good work. Um, but this was spectacular, and it came... Uh, he used to be a uh, cinematographer. Like, he was a cinematographer diehard, actually. And I feel like he learned the right lessons from Die Hard and applied them to this. And, like, it's a movie that, like, it's one of the things where, like, I have said before, like, um, like John Wick. Like, the best Keanu movies, Matrix, whatever, um, are the ones where basically, like, he literally just has to be cool. Like, whenever he has to, like, act, it's terrible. But, like, when he gets to just be cool and just be, like, just the definition, basically, it's almost like... Um, the way they talk about, like, Michael Myers, like, with the way he has, like, this, the white face mask, and everybody just, like, you can put whatever you want on there in your own head. Um, it's kind mm-hmm. of the same thing with Keanu and his best roles, where it's, like, the less he does, the better he is, because you're just, yeah, like... Yeah, I read a... I, I, I don't know what that guy's thinking, on, but it's awesome. <laughs> I was reading a review on John Wick 2, and it kept, it kept like, disclaimering itself. It's, like, uh, Keanu's, like desire to not act showcases in the best possible way and then it would be like in little asterisks we're not saying he wasn't acting we're just saying this is what he portrays best so like that in the matrix and speed and stuff it's like when he's just kind of being himself it's perfect when the 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 big thing it pointed out was that he can't do period pieces don't try to put this man in a different time because it does not work I mean, except for like uh, uh, Bill and Ted's, but that's not that's not necessarily a period piece at all. No, I mean, I think Bill and Ted's amazing. As I'm saying, like, like the the, the primary example that I can point to is like I when I was a kid because I was a huge fan of his because I loved Bill and Ted when I was a kid, um, and like I was always like like weirded out when people would say he couldn't act. I'm like, 
bullshit. And I watched um, Bram Stoker's Dracula, and I'm like, oh. It's, just <laughs> like, it's like whenever he's playing something that's like not kind of and it's just basically just like a cool like badass kind of dude an extension of how he is himself probably i don't know i don't know him in real life so i can't say that but i mean that's what I he's good at doing life. i know him so well. that guy um yeah speed's a good movie i haven't seen that in a long time either i should probably watch that um what am i on six my number six we already talked about so we can move on was predator because it's it's my favorite uh Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Yeah, I like it more than Terminators. I like it more than Twins, which is really hard to top. Uh, <laughs> like it, I like it more than anything he's ever done. Predator is amazing. The 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 end scene with him versus the Predator. The Predator's laugh. Every, if, uh, I could just point out parts, but everyone gets picked off except him, and he be, he he holds on to that superhero status, and it's just phenomenal. I love it. What's the thing is like if I had known you were going to pick Predator, I wouldn't even done a tie. I was in Robocop, but um, but no, like. That movie, that thing is like, it's like, because I mentioned to my dad once, like, um, there, cause there was this comic book called Ex Machina, where basically it's about, um, it's like a superhero. movie called Ex Machina that is absolutely amazing. Yes, but that's not what I'm talking about. Um, okay. but, uh, basically about a, um, superhero that becomes the mayor of New York. And, um, in like the foreword, I think it was, I think it was the Wachowskis wrote it. They were like, California selected a governor who just played a superhero, so it makes perfect sense. And my dad's <laughs> like, when did he play a superhero? I'm like, every fucking movie he plays a superhero. Like, every fucking time. Like, he's introduced in Commando walking with a giant fucking tree on their shoulder. Like, yeah. in Predator, he, like, takes down this, like, fucking otherworldly monster that takes out every other fucking top operative that he has in his group. Like, it's yeah. like... Terminator, he's an anti-hero. He, uh, what did, what's that movie he did with uh, Jamie Lee Curtis? That's True Lieser, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. such a good... That probably could have been on my list. That's an honorable mention. I'm throwing it in the middle. True Lies is such a good movie. And Jamie yes. Lee Curtis is a stone-cold fox. You're not wrong. Um, but yeah, no, I love Predator 2, obviously. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, a Predator as well, but I actually do love Predator 2 as well. Favorite, favorite, yeah, Predator 2 was good. Favorite scene for Predator, race I go. Uh, that's really hard. Uh, part of me wants to say, like, my knee jerk is, uh, at the beginning, or not the beginning, um, the, towards the end when, um, Carl Weathers is taking on the Predator and ends up, like, losing his arm and still fucking keeps going at him. Oh, my God. Yeah, he shoots it right <laughs> off while he's chain gunning him. Yeah. That was, that was super intense. And really, that was, like, one of the only deaths I was actually sad about. Everyone else, you kind of know how this is going to play out. And that one, I was like, oh, no. No, no. I was sad about not, all the deaths. Not Apollo, except uh, for uh, like I will say, like I mean, it was more just badass than sad. But like when uh, ah fuck, I know his real name, but I can't think of it. But uh, when the Indian uh, yep, that's my favorite scene. Knife, that's my favorite scene. And it just like I'm staying here, and like this, like he like he clearly gets killed pretty fast. But yeah, I you mean, just start. All you hear is you don't even hear a fuss. It's just him screaming like, oh, well, that's over. What can you do against an invisible guy with, with these gigantic blades on his... All he has to do is, like, walk up behind you and just... Sk- or that gun, or the... the Doesn't he have, like, a, a wire or a net or something he uses? That isn't introduced till the second one, I don't think. Oh, okay. Well, anyways, uh, yeah, Predator, really good. It was on your list, it's on mine. Number five. Um, again, I'm not ordering these. Um, 
I I struggled because I was like, I don't want to put any superhero movies on this, but this one is close enough, and it's my favorite superhero movie, so I was like, fuck it. <gasps> um, but it's uh, Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Hell um, yeah, that's on my that's on my superhero. I left it off this one, but I totally get that. That is the closest action movie esque of the of any of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But yeah, and like, because uh, that thing is like, granted, I was biased because like, I mean, I was going into it because it's like when as soon as they announced that as being uh, the like the, the, the Captain America sequel, I lost my shit because that's one of my favorite stories ever. Like, definitely my favorite Captain America story ever. One of my favorite stories ever. But granted, even though I was biased, my expectations were still like, oh, please don't fuck this up. And then they did it, and it was spectacular. So it's like, it's they literally one of the... ten times above. That was the only Marvel movie that I walked... Uh, no, that's not true. Age of Ultron as well. But that is the one of the only Marvel movies I walked away like, not like, wow, that was a really fun flick. I walk away, walked away like, holy shit, that just blew my face off like i was excited and i was intrigued and they have twists and they got sweet ass fight scenes because it's captain america he doesn't really have superpowers it's all about him punching down dudes yeah no it's it's like it's it's spectacular like i i can't say enough good things about that movie like it's a movie that i honestly i was like when they first talked about the russo brothers i was like because they campaigned so hard i trusted them but i was just like oh dear god please god let the rest of the only guys not fuck this up and then like I saw it. I'm just like it's honestly like even even if you just want to point just to like the action sequences in the movie, like the uh, Cap um, Bat Rock the Leaper fight is like one of the best things put on a film, Which and that was that? just when he fights George St. Pierre. Oh, okay, yes, yes, yes. Okay, um, where it's like he they're, they're literally smart enough to just be like, we have George St. Fucking Pierre. Like, let's not even fucking like go in and cut this up like let's just put the camera back here and just film this shit like it's just it's so and like the, the fucking scene uh where bucky and cap and like uh falcon and uh black widow are all like fucking going at it in the streets of fucking dc like it just it's so fucking it's just a magical fucking action movie it's i mean hell it opens with one of the greatest action scenes of a marvel movie just of him on that boat preemptively just punching dudes out i didn't expect that at all because i didn't like the first avenger admittedly i was like whatever this is kind of boring the hell out of me and i'm not a fan and so i went into winter soldier just my friend well you remember briggs he literally was like dude please let's just watch this we got a few hours to kill i'll put it on you don't even have to watch it i'll put it on i was hooked immediately it starts off straight fire loved it uh all right my number five should be on everyone's list Ungbok the thai warrior is so I... good I prefer the protector, uh, Tom Young Goom. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, wow, I can't even say it. Uh, I'll just call it the protector because that's just easier. Um, but Ongbok is awesome. Yes. Ongbok. Yeah, I saw my friend Kia introduced it to me because uh, we I can't we watched it was don't judge me we watched the medallion the Jackie Chan movie and uh, we loved it because we were like ten and it was a martial arts movie and Jackie Chan was already like fifty at that time and. Um, so we started watching all these different like martial arts movies that we really liked, all these Jackie Chan and Jet Li movies that we really liked. And uh, his mom got Ung Bak for us, and we were like, what is this? It was subtitles, mom. And it Tony Jaw is in way more than I ever knew he was in. He is not just a, uh, a stunt double for a lot of people, but or just a stunt person. I wouldn't say double. He just... But um, for a lot of movies, he's done a ton of his own. So there's like three Ung Bak movies. There's two Protect 
director movies those are his big ones but there's so many he does all his own stunts just like you know jackie chan did he he has broken his body a thousand times but there's one scene in that movie where he his feet he steps down in gas and then walks through fire it lights his feet on fire and he does like this i did i couldn't even count the amount of times he spins in the air before kicking this dude in the head oh it was so the acrobatics that guy can do there's one scene where he's running through a city which they've done in every movie ever where he's running through a city jumping over stuff jumping under stuff doing flips doing like this cool like scrunched body like bend to slide through this really tiny circle it's ridiculous the dude is the most athletic man i've ever seen in my life Indeed. The no, third yeah, one love... sucked. Ungbok 2 was good, but the third one was kind of weird. I don't, I don't like the sequels in general, but the first one is good. I do enjoy it, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my number five. That's a pretty intense movie. Indeed. No, I do love that movie. And I think it's, like, it's, one, of the, it's one of the few, like, I feel like, I still feel like it's insane that Tony Jaw isn't a bigger star based on that. It is director. insane. He doesn't have the same kind of, like, he he's not as adorable as Jet Li, I guess is what I'd say. Because like I saw a Family Guy thing, they pick on Jet Li. They're like, it's harder than trying to make Jet Li seem like a badass. And he's like, it's like obviously they do it super cartoony, but he's like, this one guy's talking all this trash and being like a badass. So they cut to Jet Li, and you see Jet Li, and he goes, "Hey, put that down." Put, put that weapon down or I kick you in the face. And they're like, oh, yeah, okay, I'm sure you will. And then all of a sudden they show this really intense action scene. And he's like, all right, what did I tell you? I told you I'd kick you in face. And it's like, oh, Jet Li's adorable. You can't really. But so Tony Jaw doesn't have the adorableness or, like, the charm and charisma of Jackie Chan. He's just, like, a super amazing martial artist that can't seem to get into the American segment of movies. I mean, he was in um, uh, Fast and Furious 6 or, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, he, he was, he was, he was, he was a bad guy, seven. right? Yeah, and Furious 7 he was in. Yeah, that, but that's like, what, 15 years in between Ungbok and Furious 7? I mean, he did movies, obviously, for all this other stuff, but, you know, it's it's nothing of, of major note. And he, he wasn't even sold in that movie. They didn't do the previews with featuring Tony Jaw and stuff. It was just, oh, shit, check that out. Tony Jaw is kicking ass right now. Like, that's all you did. I mean, if we're being fair, like, I mean, basically the entire fucking franchise now is basically just based around star power. So you can't really say, like, True. yeah, they didn't hey, build them up. But, I mean, we there's have so Jason many stars. Statham punching in people's face. Oh, by the way, he's on our side now. The Rock? The Rock is in him all the time now. Check out these muscles, and now he's getting badass. And, oh, wow, Vin Diesel's looking a little old, but we'll ride this gravy train as long as it'll take us. It's absurd. I don't like those movies, but I know you love, love them. Moving on, them. number four. Uh, number four, again, I guess I have to fucking point it out, even though I think it's stupid, um, that the, I'm referring to the original, uh, Point Break, where it's, oh, that's... Yeah. Oh, yeah, they remade that. Damn, I forgot yeah, about that. Yeah, sadly, yes. I didn't see it, because I don't want to, but, um... Hey, don't knock it till you cock it, bro. You gotta at least check it out. I feel like it'll just make me sad. <laughs> it's just two hours of my life, that's so I don't fair. want to be sad. <laughs> that's fair. Um, if I want to be sad, I'd that's just the movie girl. where at the end he's laying on the ground going. Ah, that's not the end. That's like halfway that through the movie. Oh well, it happens. That's Keanu Reeves, yes. right? Yes. Okay. Um, and that was I remember very like vividly because um I remember it was the same time like Wayne's World came out because they came out on video Ooh. the same day and uh, my babysitter um we went uh I wanted to get Wayne's World but she was hell bent on getting Point Break and we ended up getting both. And we watched Point Break, and, like, I still love Wayne's World. I mean, Wayne's World was still awesome, but it was like, holy fuck, this movie's amazing. And then, like, I've watched it. As a, every spring, I tend to watch that movie just because I really, I just really fucking like it. Like, it's... Never seen it. And one thing that's funny is uh, Catherine Bigelow, who now is, like, a big-time director because she did uh, Zero Dark Thirty, and she did uh, um, 
Uh, Jerry Renner movie with the bombs. Fuck. Uh, That's going to drive me nuts. Uh, but anyway. Jerry uh, Renner movie with Hurt Locker, the bombs. Hurt Locker, Hurt Locker, Hurt Locker. Oh, okay. Okay. I feel you. Um, Jeremy but, Renner uh, movie with the bombs. Everyone he's ever been in? I mean, what? Um, but now she's known as like a big time director, but like her stuff that she did in like the 80s and 90s is fucking spectacular. Like that and Near Dark and like and stuff like that. Like, but um, but yeah, Point Break to me is like it's what what they mean i you could argue that the fast and furious uh kind of ripped off point break and i mean i would definitely say the, that the fast and furious movies are probably better than the remake um but there's just like something to the original where there's like there is a grit to it that i really appreciate and it's just like it's the first time ever that you can, it's, i guess kind of vin diesel kind of owes his career to point break because the triple x series is kind of the same thing where it's like an action movie uh, yeah that's a total stuff. spin-off that's just <laughs> thrill seekers <laughs> also solve major dilemmas yeah which to be fair two major things to point out one the only reason i know of uh uh is point break is because of hot fuzz and simon frost's characters like obsession with not simon frost nick frost's <laughs> obsession with uh How that you movie which their names. <laughs> i know well there's a reason why i combine them which we'll get to in my second point but com- Continuing on first point, honorable mention, Hot Fuzz. Phenomenal movie. Way better than I thought it was. I went into the theaters first hour. I was like, this is the most boring piece of shit I've ever seen. And then the last, like, 45 minutes, I was like, this all makes sense. It all... Just... Kids, just sit in there. Just give it time. Don't rush, okay? It can wait. And practice safe sex. I don't know how they're related. Don't worry about it. But the other thing I was going to say was, did you see that uh so kevin smith is making that show about the side characters from constantine i think it is or i don't know some comic book he's making a show it's it's two two guys two, what's the show called you you've seen it you just say you've seen it i'm gonna you, you're you talking about <laughs> no you you you've seen it hold on let me i'll see while i'm mumbling right now i'm definitely looking it up as well i'm just trying not to allow blank space to sit in this podcast while i google and have a run-on sentence that never ends and i can't seem to find it any oh there it is found it it's a spawn spinoff sam and oh, twitch okay. Okay. um so anyways uh nick frost uh tweeted a picture from the comics of the two characters and they look identical to Nick Frost and Simon Pegg, and he's like, how could this not be us? Which, first off, they would never do, like, this low-budget Kevin Smith show in America, but if they did, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost would be phenomenal, just to see them again. I've never seen anything with those two that I've been disappointed in. Fair enough. Yeah, no, I mean, I love all... I actually... Um, I went by myself, because, like, fucking nobody would go, but um, I actually saw the entire Cornetto trilogy all in one day, because there was uh, one really? day where they did... Uh, Shaun of Dead, Hot Fuzz, and World's End all in succession. And, I haven't seen yeah. World's End, but I've heard it's good. It's I love it. It's my favorite of the three. There we go. Um, yeah, you like that run-on sentence? I just kept it running right there. Um, all right, so <laughs> now we're into the... That was your number four, right? Yeah. All right, so now we're into the, the most... I would, you know, usually top three are the most important, but top four are the most important right now. Uh, if you haven't noticed, Keanu Reeves is kind of a big deal. <laughs> Ergo, The Matrix being number four, which I saw for the first time like a year and a half ago and lost my face to it. Super, it's it's not a long movie. It's like an hour and 40 minutes or something. It's it's not that bad. It's surprisingly simple, simple for how actually intricate it is slash becomes when they fucks with it in the later movies. But 
It's just like, hey, this guy is the one, and they're going to teach him that they're in a computer simulation. Oh, shit, all of a sudden he gets it. He wins! It's phenomenal. It's like the the greatest setup for a sequel ever, even if the sequel disappointed, of him just flying away. Like, oh, shit, he can fly now. Ugh. I don't think there was meant to be a sequel. That's the whole thing. Is like, it was clearly, like, it's not really a setup. It was more of this kind of like, they, they, they made this one story, and then it made a kajillion dollars, and the studio was like, we need more! They're like, we don't have more. Like, make more! And they're like, all right, <laughs> fuck it. Even uh, so, though, it, 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 it shows you that it's not, it's not just him learning the code. It's him literally becoming, like, the god of that world, and that was pretty cool. So I love The Matrix. I think it's... I know you do, too. It's, it's so... Oh, it's so good, and it's on everyone's list. I spent a lot of time watching back when I made this list like a month ago, which is the only reason I came prepared to today's podcast. Uh, there's like a Watch Mojo thing of all these different jo- uh, uh, action movies from different decades and all this random stuff. The Matrix is continually at the top of all those kinds of lists. So good. And the only reason, it's probably better than at least two of the top three I have there as far as a movie goes. But for my personal tastes, it's it's number four, which is high enough. You get that's what you're gonna get. Kevin Smith didn't make the Matrix, so who cares? Um, no, yeah, I mean, I almost included the Matrix, so I'm glad that you did because, like, that's the thing. Like, when I first saw the movie, it was just thing where like it like it knocked just, me on my fucking ass. Can I just say I'm really surprised how different our lists are? Besides Predator, we haven't, and maybe John Wick, which I have yet to find out. Besides Predator, we haven't. No, not John Wick either. We haven't crossed over at all, which is crazy. I thought We're we would get over at least, the last three. I guarantee it. <laughs> No, no, we not. Well, we know. I, I, you know, two of my top three. If you took the time, but anyways, number three for you. Uh, number three for me. Again, I don't like saying three. I, this is very easily but it's number, number one. three on this list. Really, any any of the, my top three could be my number one on any given day. Um, but uh, the one that I'm currently talking about is uh, John Woo's. Uh, basically, it was kind of his Hong Kong finale because um, he had done uh, the Killer, which is amazing. Almost made my list. And, uh, like, some other movies, uh, like uh, Better Tomorrow or whatever. Um, but Hard Boiled. Hold on, Patrick, meant- really quick. I'm taking a selfie for Franny. Smile at the camera. Oh, you look so cute. Continue with your story. Um, it, The whole thing is that, like, when I first... I remember very vividly uh, myself and Timmy Fisher, uh, who is my best friend, um, sitting... Um, on friend. no, at the time, um, I still love him. He's still he's <laughs> okay. still one of my best friends in the world. Um, but like it, this was like we haven't got to see each other in a really long time. Um, but okay. I remember it was like probably when I was like I'm gonna guess like twenty nineteen something like that. Um, he's a couple years younger than me, and we would just always watch movies together. I remember when we watched the opening scene of Hard Boiled. Literally, both of our mouths were just agape, like. Like, literally, it's the only time in my life that has happened. And, like, it is, it has never, it not happened before. That was the only time you've ever been gaped? Good to know. Shut up, (laughs) (laughs) Jim. I'm just saying, it's a hot image, is all. Um, (laughs) I can do a few things, all right. (laughs) But, yeah, like, it's it's like, it's phenomenal. Like, it's like the the opening tea house shootout. Like, if you watch that and you aren't fucking just knocked on your fucking ass, I don't know what the hell's the matter with you. Like, it's to this day like close to 30 years actually yeah it's close to 30 years later i think it's like 25 years um it is still to this day been unequaled to me at least as far as action goes like the the, the first movie i've seen on the level of um creativity to the direction i said before was john wick 
but nothing touches hard boiled as far as just pure fucking balls to the wall action. And like the uh, closing finale shootout, which basically they have kind of a million people have ripped off since, but it kind of looks like it's all one shot, even though it actually isn't. Um, that is just it's 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 I can't see enough good things. Like it's like that to me to this day. It's like Kevin or um, Timmy was like I cause I talked about it with him like a year ago or something. Like I was like posting stuff, and he was like. It's like I don't understand people that have yet to be yet to be wooed by woo, and I'm like, no shit, right? Like it's just, it's so fucking good. Like it's like the time that uh I guess Quentin Tarantino was trying to like he was in like a movie executive office or something. They were like, yeah, I guess John Woo can direct action. And he's like, yeah, I guess Michael Angelo can paint fucking ceilings. <laughs> like it's just like it's it's, it's, it's got it's the freaking passion. actor from Bulletproof Monk, which is an honorable mention for me because that movie's so fun. Okay, well, the, the things that made Chow Yun Fat a star were his John Woo films, but okay. Yes, of course. That's I, I didn't know this movie uh, f- just at all, so I Googled, I Googled John Woo and found it, and I clicked. And I was like, I recognize that face and Chow Yun Fat, and he's Bulletproof Monk. I love that movie. Dude, they're killing Nazis. Lots of people have killed Nazis. <laughs> First off, any movie that involves killing Nazis has got a big thumbs up in my book, okay? Even that shitty one where they're on the moon and it's like it's the nazis hide away on the dark side of the moon they come with like this big spaceship to take over you don't know that movie no here hold on let me google it nazis on the moon oh this will be oh. fun i should image search that afterwards that's probably iron sky 2012 oh no i know what that is but i've never seen it now oh yeah it's, it's what do you what more do you need to know it's nazis on the moon it's got freaking uh, no actors or actresses of any sort of, uh, don't worry about it, moving on. So uh, my number three, ah, I'm going to flip my number two and number three. My number three now is Fifth Element. Oh, I love that movie. Oh, my God. It's so good, and it's got so many phenomenal actors, with you know, notwithstanding Chris Tucker, who's just a plus in that movie although i read a lot of things about he's the reason that movie's not as good as it could be i needed chris tucker in that movie it was enough the movie itself's already kind of silly it was enough ridiculousness and like i'm doing big air quotes comic relief that made it fun for me but uh what was it i got confused with chris tucker that man just takes me sideways oh rush hour why aren't i honorable yeah all through no First two rush hours get yeah you know what screw it all three rush hours get a big honorable mention from me, um, but that's not the point here. Bruce Willis at his best regardless of all the other phenomenal movies he's done. Mila Jokovic who is I think I'm saying that right who is without a doubt a stone cold fox. I don't care what anyone says she's beautiful and a great action actress. Um, but hey, was I saying Mila Jokovic? Was I saying that right? I'm not saying no. <laughs> Jokovic? It's it's technically it's Jovovich, but most people just say Jovovich in America. <laughs> Jovovich. Well, I like the way I say it. Uh, she's phenomenal. Bruce Willis is great. Chris Tucker's great. Uh, I can't. Why Gary Oldman, who's never done a bad performance in his life, including that shitty movie where he plays a little person with he's Matthew McConaughey's brother or something. Is have you seen that or heard of it? It's it's oh. Hold on, man. I, don't, I have been no. putting some work into Google today. It's yeah, Gary Oldman plays a. I don't want to say midget because apparently it's not the right thing to say, but I'm gonna stick with it. Um, and he's the brother of Matthew McConaughey, who 
brings a girl around and it's so confusing. The movie's absolutely ridiculous. What is it called? I could have probably I don't know. Google. Tiptoes. Tiptoes is what it's called. It has Kate Beckinsale. It has Patricia Arquette. It's it's check it out. Just just I'm not even going to explain more. Check it out. It's re- it was on Netflix for like a day and I watched half of it and I couldn't watch anymore. I loved it so much. That's that we're going to say that's why I couldn't watch it. Um no, but the fifth element is, in my opinion, the greatest Bruce Willis thing ever, besides besides most people's opinion of Die Hard. It would go Die Hard tied with Fifth Element for me. Fair enough. I mean, I um, I almost put... I, I can't, in good conscience, put Fifth Element on my list, um, because if I was going to put a Luc Besson movie on there, or a Luc Besson uh, movie on there... Besson? Oh, he's French? I, yeah, oui, he's French. oui. Amigos of Fifth Element. They, they go up at the end every time. Like please, uh, please, Justin please Timberlake in The Love Guru. Make us a French pizza. It's a Pop-Tart with the ketchup. No? I hate you so much. Don't try uh, it. I tried it because of that movie. Awful idea. Never put ketchup on a Pop-Tart. No shit. Warmed uh, up or not. Um, But no, like, uh, for me, like, La Femme Nikita and Leon, the professional, are his masterworks and fifth element is awesome don't get me wrong um but i can't in good conscience put it above either of those i mean like i think what really does it for me is is merely walking around in that in that outfit it's not even that revealing of an outfit there's just with the red hair and all that i'm i'm done i've i'm i'm doing some serious damage to the underside of this computer table right now with how excited i'm getting she is That's the foxiest. Weird. She's foxier than Jamie Lee Curtis in True in uh, True Lies. I, I'll say it. You, you heard it here first. That's she's she's a fox. I mean, I don't think you heard it there first, but all right, fair enough. No, here first, okay. Uh, okay. Number oh shit, number two, homie. Number two. Um, another uh fucking because I think I actually told my brother, um. Because there was a big like period, like it was like when I watched Mad Max, that I was also really obsessed with uh, *Lethal Weapon*. Um, and he was just like, he's "Like, he's like, why are you obsessed with Mel Gibson now?" I'm like, "I'm only obsessed with his movies where he has an Itali- or, uh, uh, Australian accent." And he's like, he paused. He's like, "He doesn't have an Australian accent in *Lethal Weapon*." I'm like, "Watch the fucking movie again. Tell me he doesn't have a fucking <laughs> Australian accent in that fucking movie." Like, he mostly has it gone by two, and it's completely gone by three. But, like, he fucking has the accent. And it's fine. I think it's awesome. But, yeah, like, Lethal Weapon, to me, it, like, it speaks to me on a very, like, really good level. Because, like, it's, like, today, like, to this day, like, um, the reason I'm such a huge Shane Black fan is because of Lethal Weapon. And just, like, the fact that he, like, I've read all of his scripts. Like, even the ones from movies I love. Like, Last Boy Scout, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, like, uh, more recently with the Nice Guys. Um, from when I was a kid, Monster Squad. Um, but like *Lethal Weapon* is kind of the perfect crystallization of his work, and Richard Donner brought it to life in a br- brilliant way. And then like you have Mel Gibson when he was still awesome, and Danny Glover when he was like not really anything at the time and becoming something awesome. And you just have fucking it's just glorious. It's just a wonderful scenario. Yeah, I haven't like, seen I, *Lethal Weapon* either, so you know. Yeah, *Lethal Weapon* to me not seeing good movies. That's another one that like I watch every Christmas, and a lot of people say that Die Hard is a better uh, a better movie and b a better Christmas movie. And to both of those people, I tell them to go fuck themselves because <laughs> hey, ninety <laughs> percent of action movie fans, fuck you, and you're wrong. You, that's damn true. It's damn <laughs> true. 
<laughs> Shoo, girl. Um, <laughs> all right. All I've got stuck in my head right now is hot action cops, fever for the flavor. It's such a good, do you think that I can get some, Jiggy Jiggy? Maybe just a little finger. You're not going to sing with me? Sticky, sticky. No. You're my electrical lip balm flavor. I got to do you till the next song saves you. Bump, and I get a little. Oh, no, sorry. I really want to sing that song right now, but uh, my lack of musical ability is telling me to move on. My number two is the greatest subtitled movie of all time, which I would no. normally I would normally give to Pan's Labyrinth, but it's not. Battle Royale is my favorite. Oh, it's so good. It's, yeah, yeah. Too, I'm doing it to my camera right now. We're too sweetened right now. It's, oh, it's, that movie I saw, uh, it was banned on, well, everywhere for a while. Technically, 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 it was never banned. That's, thing is like, that's, that's a thing that's a misconception. It wasn't available here because, um, the people who made the movie, it was because it was apparently a huge hit in Japan, and they were like, okay, so we're gonna release it in America and like make it the same big splash, and like release it on like three thousand screens, and, and like every studio was like, are you an insane person? Like, we're not releasing a movie about fucking kids killing each other for an hour and a half on three thousand screens, murking each other too. They were like, we'll release it in like art houses and stuff. They're like, no, fuck you, and so like, so for a long time they just didn't they refused to license it to any American companies. And then I guess finally they were just like, it got so bootlegged over here. And then they were like, fuck it. Um, yeah. Might as well make some sort of money off it. Exactly. Um, that's the way I first saw it was like a bootleg and it knocked me. It was another thing that knocked me on my ass. Like when I first watched yeah, it, I just like, that, I saw it on uh, in 10 minute segments on YouTube. Like they, they, they uploaded it one piece at a time. So me and my friend, Charles Greason sat at his computer, like this little, like, freaking 13 inch computer screen on one of those old ass white ones that were like 17 inches deep um and we watched uh, i guess episode by episode but we watched section by section of that movie and it never loses a beat it never slows down the action's really good the twists that are in it are phenomenal what happens is it's in the future well not really the future it's just in a time in a universe where Japan selects one school a year, sends all the kids to an island, last one standing wins, uh, and they do this because kids are like acting up and rebelling, and they're like, you gotta learn your manners, people. And uh, right before they go out into the woods, they're on an island, they get these collars put on that if they go in these danger zones, which change every two hours or something like that, um, if they go in one of these danger zones, they go off. If they try to swim off the island, they go off. And if there's one other caveat I can't remember... And uh, they hand them a bag, say, here you go, and in the bag is a random weapon. Some people get uh, machine guns, pistols, shotguns, knives, grenades. The main character gets a freaking trash can lid. That's his weapon. He immediately tosses it, like, what the hell am I going to do with this? But it's just, it's a really good story of, like, cliques in high school, of, like, a totalitarian government, of, like, working together because the twist at the end is really good. It's emotional. It's sadistic at times, like when that one crazy bitch goes, just starts stabbing his dick, just like jumps on top of him because he's, she's like, you know the, who that crazy she's like bitch a was? prostitute. Who? That's Gogo in Kill Bill. Really? Yep. Oh snap! That's phenomenal. Uh, that makes sense now because she plays a crazy bitch in that movie too. Um, but that movie, a lot of I'm surprised how many people still haven't seen it. It's just one of the. Gr- that could go that could go on any top movie list for me in general it's taking out of actions it's just so good it's just so good 
Yeah, no, that almost be my list too. I, I do love that movie. Like it's again, it's a situation where like I first I I have every Christmas sense. I am cursed with the build that I have, so I don't feel like I can pull it off. But every Halloween since I saw that movie. I wanted to be Kiriyama because he is the cool. Like we have the same hair, he and I. He's so badass with the yes. red bandana, and he's just like, "Oh, I don't talk because I'm too busy being mysterious. I'm here from another school. I volunteered for this shit. What are you gonna do? I'm gonna murder you all. Oh wait, I have a heart. I'm actually a really nice guy. No, that's a different guy. It's Kaneda. That's or Kanada or something like that. Oh, no. you're talking about the dude with the blue <laughs> with that. Okay, yeah, the dude who goes blind and he literally yeah. volunteers just to murk people. Yes. Wow. Um, but yeah, no, like that movie, yeah, no, that movie, I definitely like. I wouldn't put it in like the best foreign films. Like it's like, like, like I said, I still think Hard World's a better film, but it's 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 damn good. Like it's it's. And that's, like, I think that's why I was like, it's funny when people are like, ever since Hunger Games, when like it's like, oh, that movie like Hunger Games, I'm like motherfucker, this came out <laughs> so long before fucking Hunger Games. Go fuck yourself. This movie came out in like two thousand and one, or maybe even before that, or something. It was the early two thousands. Yeah. Uh, yeah, great movie, and I, that I did have it at number three, and I was like, "That's a disservice." It, the only reason it's not number one is because of my insane love for number one. So it's number two. I, number one, I, Patrick, ready, set, break. Uh, for me, it's Aliens, uh, Jim Cameron's masterwork. Um, a lot of people uh, would go with, with the Terminator films, which I did almost do because I, I love the original Terminator a lot, um, and I do really like the second one. Um, but like. Aliens to me, like I think it's like it's like Predator and Robocop, where I saw it at a very young age. It's like, Is it's it the original or me. the sequel? That's the sequel because it, it, okay, it went yes. Alien, it went Alien, Aliens, and then Alien Three. Um, but yeah, no, like that movie is the best example of like if if you were like most people, like if you were like, like should be a James Cameron movie, they would pick Terminator Two. Which I don't think that necessarily they'd be wrong to do so, but if you asked me, I would show you Aliens because it's like the perfect mix of like horror and action and like war movies, and like the cast is fucking brilliant. Like you had Bill Paxton when he was still interesting, like Sigourney Weaver got nominated for an Oscar for her performance in that movie. Um, as wow, I mentioned, she did. That's yep. phenomenal. I didn't know that. And I mentioned um, that's why I, like, I, I told you when we were in, uh, at Comic Con, I was like, I'm in a room with Ripley. <laughs> like, my really oh, right, cynical. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Michael Bean, who I mentioned before uh, in The Rock as being one of the most underrated, like, fucking action movie badasses ever, is uh, brilliant. Like, literally across the board. It's just, it's, it's just, and I mean, especially because it's like, it's the thing I talked about before with James Cameron. Where, like, he's a guy who literally, like, every fucking dollar shows up on the screen and looks like more. Like, that movie was made for no money, but it looks like a fucking big movie for that time. It looks like a summer blockbuster. Exactly. Like, it's like, that's like, the thing he's always done, and I think that he doesn't get enough credit for, is even though he makes now, like, really expensive movies, even the ones, even now when he's making really expensive movies, they look even more expensive because he is just such a great filmmaker that he knows how to stretch every dollar and making into the most mm. perfect, most epic thing you can possibly do. And that, to me, is the pinnacle of action, sci-fi, war movies, like all that shit. It's there's just not enough good things that can be said about it. Damn. Uh, well, that just goes to show you that like half your list I've never even seen. That's probably why we didn't have a lot of overlap. Although I I stand behind almost all of my movies not being like personal like these are just movies i like like i i feel pretty confident that all 10 of them are like top listable for most people not not obviously favorites but 
ones of note. I feel they're all really good movies. Especially number one, the greatest movie of all time. I would preface this by saying it's just not the greatest movie of Perfect all time. movie. It, it has the perfect, perfect cast. It has the it perfect story. Cast. It has it literally okay the greatest song to accompany that a movie of accurate. all times. It is an okay song. It's Con Air. It's so. Oh, okay, so first off, how do I. Oh, Get Jesus. through one night without a you. If I had to live, with... I'm doing the R&B pointing at you, Patrick. Just feel me. No. What kind of life would that be? Oh, I, I need you in my arms. Need you to hold. You're my world. My, I could sing the whole thing. My soul. If you ever leave, you can't stop this train. Baby, you would take away everything good in my life. Oh my god, I'm so I'm about to cry. Uh, I always pick on you and Kevin for saying you're about to cry when you're talking about emotional stuff, but that movie pushes me to a place that nothing else can. If my wife was like, "Listen, you can't watch Conair ever again," I'd be like, "Listen, you can't ever just be within a ten foot radius of me. Please vacate the premises because this is the most important thing. I am not." underselling this con air is the most important thing in my life more it's, than your wife <laughs> it's number one and that is not to say that my family my wife my pets my shit is not important it's just that that's how good con air is to me so nick cage doing phenomenal things hilarious little mini cameos like dave Chappelle and shit you got bubba who's in serious need at the time nobody knew who the fuck he was it was the tiniest part <laughs> yeah okay a very small part you have you have bubba whose actor's name i i don't can't think of off the top of my head michael t williamson yeah doing another great performance like he always does you got friendship between him and nick cage you got danny trejo being a sadistic son of a bitch who gets his arm ripped off you got you got john malkovich being a surprisingly badass villain who took it pretty far it is not surprising if you've ever seen um the movie in the line of fire which i saw I when i was not. a little kid i still i own it on dvd um yeah i think he got nominated for an oscar for best supporting actor for it he is he he definitely like this one actually is in Con Air. It's more of him kind of chewing the scenery and being more kind of like a ridiculous over top villain. In fucking in the line of fire, he's terrifying. But yeah, go ahead. You have John Cusack doing just uh, he's just good in it. I just like him. He's good in that. You the the they they hijack a plane, which is always exciting. So you have like a, you got these guys on the run, but they're obviously not on the run because they're in a freaking major airline plane. That you're like, okay, that's pretty obvious that you're going to be able to find that at all times. They crash land in Las Vegas. You have one of the most brutal overkills in a movie that's just unnecessary. You have Nick Cage getting shot and punched and stabbed and all this uh, thrown off of things, and he's like, what? What do you want me to do about it? I'm in a I'm Nick Cage. I got long scruffy hair. That's one of the reasons I ever grew my hair long in the first place he's got the perfect five o'clock shadow super buff he wears blue jeans everything about oh and then his daughter he just wants to see his daughter the man's not a bad guy he just he just okay he did kill a guy but in his defense the guy was trying to rape his wife anyone would do that it's very touching and she's like, she's all apparently scared. not it's, you though. Apparently, it was like if somebody threatened to like break your copy of Con Air in half and you murder <laughs> that guy, but they're they gonna rape your wife. Like, 
I mean, I guess I'll be watching Con Air over here. Uh, all right. Okay, <laughs> that's not entirely true, okay? First off, I'd have to make sure I still have it downloaded on my computer, and then the physical copy means less to me. Second, you've got my favorite line in a movie ever, put down the bunny. And then and then later, or no, before that, it, put the, the, the line bunny is put the bunny back, back in, in the, the box. box. No, he says both. He says both. Because uh, the guy doesn't listen, and you've got you've got you've, you got pinball Dave Spell falling out the sky, landing on a car. That was crazy fun. You, it's just oh my god, I'm breathing heavy right now. My heart is a racing. I love Con Air, like like to the extent that you question Patrick's love for someone like Batman is how I feel Con Air. I mean, I don't know if anyone questions my love for Batman, but okay. But um, if, no, that's what I'm saying is people would question my love for Con Air. They'd be like, we get it. You really like that movie. No, 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 no. I like chicken wings. I like being alive. I love Con Air. Oh, it's so good. Okay. I mean, I definitely would not go that far, but I mean, it's definitely a movie that like, it's funny because like when it was when it first came out, I really had no interest in it. Um, it was just something that like, even though I like action movies, I grew up in action movies with my dad. Um, it was just something that I'd seen on TV. Like I'd seen bits and pieces of, and then I'd watch, I'd always kind of watch more and more to the extent where I finally like bought it. And um, I do really like it. Like it's ridiculous, but it's like this thing. It's like, it's, but to me to, to argue that's ridiculous. Like it's very hard for me to be like, I love point break, but con air is a piece. Like that's over the top. Um, but like I do, I definitely do think it's. I, I do think the one thing that it doesn't need, because um, I think I, I, the way I watched it on TV like a million times, I always missed um, the opening. I always just saw either when he was in prison, or um, I think the oh, first okay. one I saw you it was didn't when get they to were see the him like defending the origin story, if you will. And that is not yeah. necessary at all. Like if you cut that out of the movie, it's in my mind a better movie because it's like you just picture in your head. But um, but then Leanne Rhymes has no point. You have to see it. They still play her thing at the end of the movie, but whatever. Um, But no, I will. I don't. I definitely don't think it's as strong as you're giving it credit for being. But I do. It is like it was a weird thing. It was a really, really weird time in cinema where it's like um, because Armageddon was about the same time and actually shared a lot of the same actors. And it was like where they they basically were like, "Hey, stop singing! If you want, it's gonna fuck up our sound." um, it's just a, it's soft in the background, so people get the point while you're telling your story. How do I breathe? But yeah, they probably won't even hear it because you'll be all you'll fuck up the sound. But anyway, um, and plus you're distracting the shit of me right now. Uh, <laughs> but it was like that. In okay, continue, continue. It's all you now. That and Armageddon came out at the same time where it was like, I hate you so much. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm so sorry. I just, I didn't want, I wanted to know how quiet I could get and you still hear it. I swear, <laughs> I'm done. Oh, it's a good. Um, but it was like indie film actors, they were like, it was like, because indie film had kind of, I could still kind of hear you, um, had kind of risen to like the, the like, not quite mainstream, but definitely way closer to the mainstream. So then like, uh, the people who made kind of, I, I guess it would, I think Jerry Brickhammer produced both. We basically like let's take all these fucking like really respected indie actors and let's make the like this like the the our cast of our big ridiculous action movies and let's see what happens. And you end up with really weirdly interesting projects. Like because Con Air would not work if it was not for the cast. And the same thing can be said about Armageddon. Like 
That's so fair. it's like I, I so yeah, that's fair. Like the movie Con is kind of super corny, but yeah, if you didn't have the cast that it has, it would be unwatchable. But because you have such a brilliant fucking cast, it elevates it. God, I just love that movie so much. All right. That was, remember when I said we're not going to spend over an hour talking about our list? Well, guess what? Suck a dick, okay? We enjoy conversation. That's why we're here. That's why we do it. So, this I'll make this easy, actually. I'll do really easy, famous movie pairs. This will take like three minutes, but it'll be fun to get them off the list, and I just want to hear you call me Freddy. So, uh, who's who? Freddy, Jason. Well, clearly you're neither of them. So <laughs> <laughs> what? 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 Okay. The only reason I'm going to say okay to you is because this is the first time in history you haven't taken advantage of being able to call me a rapist. So that's why I'm okay with that. But I'm, oh, I am a, a goofy, lanky guy who enjoys knives and fire. I'm Freddy, okay? okay? Yes, you are, you are basically Freddy, and I am basically... I mean, the reason I had a giant Jason tattoo in my leg is because like, I saw... I can't remember. I think the first one I remember seeing um, when I was a kid was... Um, just like Friday Thirteenth Six, Jason Lived, which is one of my till to this day one of my favorite horror movies of all time, one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, but it's like to me, like it was kind of like if like the Hulk killed people, and I'm like, this is fucking awesome. Like I was just like, why? Like, it's like yeah, why that's actually anybody, a really like, good way of explaining it. Yeah, I was like, and I loved the Hulk when I was a little kid, so I'm like, this is fucking genius. Like, why the fuck? Like, why can't my parents let me show? Like, they won't let me watch this. They're they're fucking crazy people. Like, this is brilliant. Like, what the fuck is the matter with <laughs> yeah, them? Yeah, they're the crazy ones. Whoa, <laughs> he just murked down a naked bitch and her titties are flying everywhere. There's a sword going through a chest. A machete, sorry, going through a chest. This is phenomenal. My parents should definitely let me see more of this. Actually, Patrick if you uh, the one no, Jason Lives actually has I don't think any nudity in it. Um, well, that's unfortunate that's the whole thing is like even though like nudity is kind of known like a hallmark of that series um that was the one that the guy who directed it uh i think his name was todd mclaughlin um mclaughlin was definitely his last time i remember that but um he uh wanted to make something that was kind of akin to like the old school like 70s like classic like horror films like the hammer films so it's very traditionalist even though it's still a slasher film but yeah i don't think there's any nudity in it whatsoever so like the really the only thing my parents would probably don't be stoked with me watching is that like the amount of gore that appears in it. But I was like, "This is fucking cool, man!" Like, what do you want? I mean, there's gonna be some serious gore. Uh, all right, that one was just for shits and giggles. It was super easy. Another one that's uh, super quick and super easy, at least in my mind. I guess we'll see what you say. Michael Scott and Dwight K. Shrew. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I don't watch that fucking show. You are. I have never met a slightly more vulgar Dwight in my life. And there's one reason why I say that. It's because the scene where it's the cold open where Jim's picking on Dwight. He comes in dressed up as him. And he says, which bear is best? And Dwight goes, well, I mean, there's generally two schools of thought. And he goes, goes, false, black bear. I think he says black bear, brown bear. And he says, well, wait. And he's like, fact bears eat beets and and Dwight's like what's going on here that is exactly me and you you have a very specific thought process on almost everything in life there's very little you waffle on and I am the one going fuck you I'm gonna just make you feel silly for a minute and keep pestering so I know that's Jim and Dwight but in the same scenario silliness over the top corny puns that's what she said jokes nonstop. 
I'm I am none other than Michael Scott. Uh, sure, I have I've literally yes. seen like two episodes of The Office ever, so I have no opinion. <laughs> and uh, I, 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 part of me wants to argue this very hard, and part part of me just wants to accept the inevitable. Inevitable, but uh, I'm gonna ask you who's who, Jay and Silent Bob. I mean, honestly, you're probably Jay, and I'm probably Silent Bob. <laughs> so, so I get that. I like to joke about dicks. I definitely talk a lot more. I've definitely well, okay, that one's a little iffy depending on the subject. All right, that one's kind of split down the middle. Yeah. Uh, but I definitely have the energy of Jay, but. The vulgarity and willingness to say literally anything definitely sways in your favor a lot more. I mean, fair enough, but also the wisdom, the wisdom of Simon Bob. I no, have the, wisdom the of bullshit, Bob. the wisdom of You have the personal wisdom. I'll give you that. Okay, we've talked about this before. Your specific scenarios and the stuff you know, you know very, very well. But I feel you lack a certain perspective that the term wisdom comes with. That just ask, me. Hey man, this is ask one Caitlin, man's. This is one man's perspective. This is my on like looking from the outside in at you. That's all I'm saying. So I will give you the slight like, hey, you might want to do this that Silent Bob always interjects with. That's kind of his his thing. Besides the silent. So that's why I kind of tossed this one up in the air. We could be either or. I, I was very, I, I don't know. But I, I'll be happy with being Jay, I suppose. I get to smooch Elizabeth Shannon, and that is worth all the gold in the world. So I'll take it. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, I, and plus, I mean, it's, I mean, usually like, um, when people such as yourself are going off, I'm usually silently laughing. So, like, that's plus fair. my body, that's our fair. body types is definitely accurate. Yeah, yeah. That's I, besides the height. The height's the only part that is not like. Well, fair enough. Put Kevin Smith's weight on Jason Muse's frame, and vice versa, and you've got us. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, all right. So that wraps that up. Who's who? Always fun. We're really amazing to listen to talk about random shit. So. Who would win in a fight? Third segment of the show, real quick, real easy. Actually, this one's never quick and easy, um, just because I like to pester. So, who would win in a fight? Hulk versus Doomsday. Um, I mean, it's like the same argument. We're basically like Hulk. The matter he gets, the stronger he gets. So it's like I feel like he would beat anybody at a certain point. But um, I do feel like. Uh, I mean, Doomsday would definitely give him a run for his money. It's by virtue of the fact that, like, the more you kick the shit out of Doomsday, the more he gets bony protrusions that he uses fucking <laughs> So, like... Dude, I'm literally just a walking spike ball right now. You cannot get through to me. Then again, the Hulk has, like, r- r- impenetrable skin and a healing factor, so... Well, according to Ang Lee's Hulk, he has a healing factor, so... I don't know he if he does all the he time. He does. Okay. So, I thought it was just the... Imp- it, was like, it was almost like a Luke Cage type thing. Um, So... The reason why I feel this goes farther than that was because after reading the wiki page of Doomsday and how he was created, sure, the Hulk kills him in one match, and then Doomsday comes back stronger, and then the Hulk kills him again, and Doomsday comes back stronger, and then the... In theory, this is a never-ending shit show of the Hulk killing Doomsday and the Doomsday coming back to kick the Hulk's ass. So, 
with that theory being said, do you call that a stalemate, or do you just say the Hulk keeps getting stronger, even though Doomsday does as well, so the Hulk keeps winning, so it's a never-ending battle, but technically the Hulk's always winning? I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if, like, eventually Doomsday did win, because as I said, like, at a certain point, he's basically just, like, fucking gonna be just a one giant fucking spiky boned fucking mass that'll just fucking like start cutting yeah. parts of you off so i mean at yeah. certain points well it, it that, might the be way it just dis- the way it displayed his like back thing was like the scientist made him put him on this planet and he kept like getting a little bit stronger and then something would kill him so while his body's dead it would heal over into a stronger form and he'd kill that predator it'd be like you know killing a squirrel and then killing a bobcat and then killing an alligator and then killing an elephant like it would just be constantly growing growing. so and then it gets out of control and you can't stop doomsday so they find this way to lock him in this thing throw him out into outer space or throw him into outer space he goes into the core of earth and breaks out kills kills superman yada yada so that's why i was just curious can you well the way can you the way i always wanted to do doomsday i always wanted to like do a superman movie with doomsday where i didn't want to do that whole ridiculous origin i wanted to just do uh, basically, like, the reason he was in the bunker was the government created him to basically be, like, their anti-Superman. So, basically, like, if Superman ever went off the rails, he was basically, like, their, their, like, their, their weapon, their nuke against Superman. That would be pretty cool. I mean, it would backfire in a similar way that you can't slow yeah. down Doomsday, but... Exactly. Uh, all right, so I will give you three options. Definitively, Hulk wins. B, it's a stalemate that lasts forever. C, Doomsday gets to the point where he's so strong because, like, he dies for a little while, so the Hulk would kind of calm down in his regeneration stage. So he gets to the point, after maybe losing a handful of times, where he kills Hulk for good before Hulk gets too mad. I mean, I definitely think that Doomsday, as I said, like, I mean, eventually Doomsday would, it's possible that he, I mean, if you if you get to having Doomsday basically regenerating and coming back, Eventually, yeah. at a certain point, he probably would be able to win because basically we'd just be like this one big dangerous motherfucker. Um, but I feel like it would take a lot to get there. Okay, so option three, but with a little asterisk saying you, you it just is an unreasonable amount of time. Yes. All right. Uh, question: we, I've, We've gotten in the habit of doing three of each, so I'm going to do three of each. So number two, who would win in a fight? Let's go a little bit more like small scale. Uh, Deathstroke versus Spider-Man. That is the weirdest fucking, like... You know it is. That's what I do, baby. That's what um, I do. I feel like Deathstroke, just by virtue of the fact that, I mean, he is... Really? He's the greatest killer ever. <laughs> like, So it's yeah. like, yeah, I mean, especially as Deadpool has killed Spider-Man, and Deathstroke is like, like a more badass version of Death... Yeah. But Deathstroke doesn't have the the healing factor endurance, so could Spider-Man outlast him and be, like, clever enough to get around him? Well, Spider-Man doesn't have healing factor either, but I feel like... No, 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 uh, no but Spider-Man does have... You know, that, that puts them on an even playing field. I mean, I definitely feel like Deathstroke would win, because, I mean, Deathstroke is, like, the killer of killers. Like, I mean, I definitely feel like... I mean, Spider-Man... If Spider-Man knew he was... If somehow Spider-Sense tipped him off and, like, it came down, like, hand-to-hand, it's possible that Spidey would have taken him down, but I feel like Deathstroke probably wouldn't even bother probably just, like, a fucking high-powered rifle, like, Deadshot. <laughs> just, like... Yeah, I was just... gonna say Deadshot-esque. All right, so um, we'll just do that one definitive. Deathstroke versus Spider-Man. I say Deathstroke. 
Deathstroke with uh, you. Yeah, I, I was the only thing that Spider-Man has a slight leg up is his spider sense, but that can't. There's bullets go faster than your spider sense sometimes. There's got to be. Um, all right, and then let's go silly with number three. <laughs> I love this one. The Bratsies versus the Ants from the movie Ants. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not fucking... Yes, 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 you have to. You have to play this. Bratsies versus Ants. I don't care about either. (laughs) (laughs) Give me a spread. You've got little fat Kevin Smith's full of concentrated sauerkraut going up against, let's say the entire Ants army is the Sylvester Stallone Ants who just won't quit because they care about their families. And let's put a number. You've got... 50 Bratsies, because they're a little bigger than ants, obviously. 50 Bratsies versus 1,000 ants. I just, I don't care. Um, Give it to me, Patrick. I guess because the Bratsies, didn't they, they, they turn into like some big, ridiculous creature. Um, well, They could just stomp kind of. on the ants. So I guess the Bratsies would win. The Bratsies definitely, if they have that suit thing available yeah but that was like a special suit that what's his name built for them so uh i'm letting you write the story so your story is the bratsies get that get find a way to that suit and just crush stomp curb stomp some sylvester stallone ants sure let's go with that (laughs) all right all right i like it i like it i actually give it to the ants because the bratsies can't do shit aside from sodomize you with their metal helmets so I mean, you can't sodomize an ant not when you're not when you're slightly bigger than them. Wait, that's exactly how sodomy works. Not when you're way too big that it doesn't make sense. So, oh wow, guys, look at that—the the wisest of wise giving Bratsies the <laughs> power over ants. Patrick, you're doing it. You're doing it. Uh, <laughs> that's my favorite one so far. Is um, it? <laughs> it really is. Uh. <laughs> All right, so that was a quick... Well, it wasn't as quick as I thought it was going to be, but that was a quick way through who's who and who would win in a fight. Just before I say something silly, do you have a science fact for this week to end the show? Actually, yes. Did you hear yesterday? Oh, shit. They discovered... Um, it was I can't remember if it was seven or eight, but basically they discovered a nearby galaxy where there was like seven or eight planets that were comparable to Earth. Yeah, I did see that. And, like, all of them, in theory, obviously, have what could potentially support life, not just their size. Like, the, the way that the uh, sol- that solar system is built... Let- I'm sorry, I was I got distracted. That's why my speech is so more scattered than usual was I clicked on uh, the Google image. They used... They, they made the Google little picture thing about that, so... Mm. That's absurd. Yeah, a bunch of exoplanets, which they're don't they're way too far away to be like a immediate like yeah, me and Patrick could go there when we're seventy. Like this is not happening. They are in fact, it's like thirty light years. Yeah, thirty nine light years away. So that is uh, anything less than traveling the speed of light m- makes that. Oh my god, there was a video playing, and I hope that doesn't record. It shouldn't, because the recording's coming through my mic and not my computer. So hopefully <laughs> that doesn't show up. But yeah, they're 39 light years away, so that's not any time soon. And you also got to remember that uh, they still don't know how old the sun is over there and how old those planets are. They just literally know they're there. 
but yeah, there could be have atmosphere. Oh my god, that'd be amazing. Because we are fucking this planet up at an absurdly fast rate. So uh, something tells me we'll just die before we ever get the chance. But yeah, that's really cool. I actually forgot about that until you just said it. Um, let's see. Oh, just kidding. They do. The Trappist-1 is the name of that star. It burns hydrogen so slowly that it will live on for another 10 trillion years, according to estimates. Which, I'm, I just finished another chapter in my book, uh, The Short History of Nearly Everything, and I'll talk about this on the next episode, of how exactly we figured out how to weigh the Earth. And it's, or not weigh the Earth, sorry, how much mass is in the Earth. Because weight versus math is a whole thing, and I'll talk about that later. But yeah, 10 trillion more years, just kidding, we got all the time in the world. We can go, we have enough time to fuck Earth over, then make our way to Mars, probe that son of a bitch for all it's got, slide our way to this solar system maybe hit five out of the seven you know if they're if they're nice and willing you know dtf bro if they're down to forage (laughs) and we can just take what we need from there and who knows by then we could just be planet hopping no me and me and caitlin actually talked about that for a while and i at, at the time this was a different kevin you know new year new me okay this 2017 I actually defended our ability to destroy the earth and it was based around and I still like am okay I'm okay with the logic of it I obviously don't support it I think that we should do a lot more to help preserve the earth but it's based on the logic of an invasive a logic of an invasive species so take our intellect out of it take our ability to know that we're doing something wrong the whole moral compass of a human that sets us apart from other animals whether you believe in that or not and yeah we're made to support life as much as possible we're made to overpopulate eat everything consume everything and eventually that's not sustainable so the logic behind the fact that yes we will eventually completely destroy this earth i'm okay with the fact that it's happening and we know it is like okay Maybe have a smaller salad with dinner. You don't need to be a fat piece of shit and just throw everything away. And that's just one... Food waste is just one of the very minor things in, like, deforestation and global warming and all this random shit, but... I mean... Yeah, we can... It's like uh, in The Matrix... I got like distracted when, uh, there. I apologize. <laughs> when uh, he basically calls us a virus, the Aiden Smith... We are! Like, like exactly. it's, And that's not a bad thing. We're just yes, unknowing... By... No, it's not... So, again... Take away our moral compass, and it's exactly what's expected out of life. That's how shit thrives. But you We're add to the fact to that we destroy our planet. <laughs> I'm not saying supposed to, but the fact that it's in our nature isn't like an. It's not. It's just nature's fucked up. You can't deny that. You just it is what it is. You can't control it. So that's what I'm saying. The fact that we have the ability to do that. It's like an animal. Like it's like a horse. My dad always told us not to overfeed the horses because horses will literally eat until their stomach can't hold food any well not anything but treats it's these little apple treats they are such a glutton that they will literally eat until their stomach is at like the tipping point because they're just fat sons of bitches it's like that's just built into nature is to overconsume and take advantage of your surroundings not all of nature but a lot of species and we are one of those invasive viruses so again the logic i'm okay with the fact that we're aware of it is what makes it so troubling I mean, whatever you say, buddy. <laughs> whatever helps you sleep. Hey, at night. D- different strokes for different folks. 
For me, it's front to back, one hand, rather rapid succession, only lasts like a solid three minutes. It's not a big deal. For you, who knows? Could be anything. Too much info? I want to stop talking now. Sorry. A little too far. I just want you to know a little bit about me and who I am, Patrick. I just feel like there's a few lines that we need to cross to be better known. You know? For example, no lotion. Not a fan. Not my thing. Just, that's just me. Prefer good old natural. You know, if I was out in, in Mother Nature, what if I was looking for that and accidentally grabbed some tree sap and then it just became a whole ordeal? I'm just saying, if I get used to the bare minimum, I don't get disappointed. That's all I'm saying. Oh, God, please stop talking. <laughs> it's nature, Patrick. You don't, you tell me you don't eat beating the meatsins? You ain't you ain't jerking your gherkin every now and again, huh? Like like a little gherkin, like the mini pickles. I'm saying you have a little gherkin. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it says the guy in the giant truck. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. First off, yes, my truck is rather long. It's not a very big truck, but it's a long truck. Second, that truck seemed to help you quite quite handsomely, if I recall. Okay, so you watch your mouth, mister. I'm just saying you're overcompensating for your barely of a bad penis, so that's fine. I'm just saying, for someone who can't talk openly about masturbating, they seem to throw a lot of shade at other people's... Uh, direction oh light Uh, came on yes it is oh it's justin yeah you guys heard him on the last podcast he's a he's a good guy i bet he cranks it all the time i ever call him cranking it no thank god just i just want to go on the record that i don't believe i've ever been caught cranking it there's been a couple very close scenarios where maybe the other where maybe the other person played it down so much that they just (laughs) let it slide but I have never been like it has never come to my attention that someone has seen me just go into town working it. So, you know, that's good to know because a lot of people have. (laughs) And that has been another episode of Men of the Machine. Uh, As always, you know how I end this shit. If you love listening to his voice, there's Gifted Punksters, and I'm a few on. I'm on a few episodes of those, so just go listen to those episodes in specific, and then just completely walk away from it forever. And if you love my voice, go listen to. I almost forgot what the name of the other podcast is. What did I just say? Uh, most recent episode, we talk about dudes we go gay for. It's hot. Oh shit! No, by the time this comes out, there will be more recent episodes. But that's one I definitely think people should listen to because uh, it's hot. It's a real hot way to live. Otherwise, uh, tune in. I'm back every Friday. Uh, thanks for listening. I'm Kevin. I'm Pat. Oh, shit. I already said thanks for listening. What do I end it with? Just say bye, Kevin. How do I oh, Christ. get through a night without you? Thanks for listening.